Hello everyone, my name is Stephen Platt, and I'm the host of the Cinema Catch-Up Club. Thank you very much for downloading this podcast. For more information about this and other shows, please visit www.thoughtjarproductions.com. We can also be found on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Just search for Thought Jar Productions, or at Thought Jar Prods. If you would like to receive the latest episodes of the Cinema Catch-Up Club, please subscribe to this podcast series on iTunes and SoundCloud. And now, here is this week's episode. Hello everybody, and welcome to the Cinema Catch-Up Club, the podcast where we watch the films that you probably should have seen by now. I'm your host, Stephen Platt. Thank you very much for downloading this episode. This week, we are looking at the comedies of Mel Brooks, specifically Spaceballs. That's because Spaceballs is turning 30 this year. That's right, it's already 30 years old. And joining me to review Spaceballs, we have somebody who has seen the film and somebody who hasn't. Our person who has seen the film and returning to the podcast, Tegan Mulvaney. Yes, that's me. Hi, everyone. <laughs> I'm so excited. Yes, uh, you you quite like Spaceballs. I love Spaceballs. I've been watching it since I was about three or four years of age and quoting it to everyone who came into our house, much to my parents' chagrin, I think. Mm-hmm. No, that's fair. And our person who hasn't seen the film and also returning to the podcast is Doctor in Training, Ellen Sears. Welcome, Ellen. <laughs> Thank you for having me again. So, Spaceballs, uh, which according to the DVD case I'm holding is uh, the farce is with you in this hilarious space oddity from comic genius Mel Brooks that'll send you into hyperspace with fits of laughter. I do wonder who writes these things because it does feel it's a very special skill of like trying to sell it in the worst way possible. Yeah, the farce is with you to start an entire thing mm. with that. Yeah, but I do think it sums it up. As well. Yes. Just not very well. So, uh, Mel Brooks, um, obviously a uh, well-known comedian, legend, uh, still knocking Big around fan. in his 90s, which Big is fan. excellent. Yeah. Um, the, the man who uh, helped bring us such things as uh, Young Frankenstein. Blazing Saddles. History of the World in, Part 1. Men in yes. Tights. Yeah. The producers. Um, yeah. So, you know, these these are some of these big, big hits. And uh, Spaceballs is one of these films which is, uh, you know, considered like a classic comedy. Um, as someone who hasn't seen Spaceballs, uh, but obviously is familiar with Mel Brooks's work, mm. Ellen, uh, what are you expecting from this one? Well, what you said to me the other day was that it's essentially like Mel Brooks does like Star Wars. Mm. So that's, that's more or less what I'm expecting. So... I'm intrigued. Excellent. I'm intrigued. Can you give her a, a take and can you give Ellen a sort of non-spoilery like thing to expect from this film? I think that's a, a good start. It is. <laughs> mm. um, being, I know that you're a Star Wars fan, aren't yes. you, Ellen? So yes. I think you will find either the ref, the references to Star Wars mm. hilarious or they'll just make you groan and vomit a little bit in your mouth. But mm. um, but they could be, it could be a real... I'm expecting, like my, my expectations of this viewing, considering you both haven't seen it, mm-hmm. is for me to, when the gags come, to be like laughing and looking at both of you and, and waiting, <laughs> having just disappointed looks on your face. Mm. Um, fingers crossed that we all laugh together, but I, I, I do think that that could possibly happen as well when... 
things like Rick Moranis pop up in his excellent outfit and mm-hmm. and John Candy appears and there are other movie references in it too. So it'll be really fun to pick out all the movie references to the sci-fi films. Excellent. And uh, just before we hop into actually watching the film, uh, I just wanted to get a sense of where Spaceball sits in your big list uh, O'Mel Brooks films uh, for you, Teague. And uh, it, is, it, is it at the top? Is it... It's probably at the top. It's yeah. probably number one. Just really? because it's featured so heavily through my childhood and teenage mm. years and even adulthood. I, I love it so much. Excellent. Well, shall we jump into it? Yes, Sounds let's good. do it. Excellent. All right, everyone. Uh, this is where you pause the podcast uh, as you go and watch Spaceballs. Dun, dun, dun. I had to do it. It's become a thing. Yeah, it's the, it's the, it's the signature uh, TM. The TM stands for Tegan Mulvaney. Tegan Mulvaney, trademark. Mm. 2017. Alright everybody, welcome back. We have just finished watching Spaceballs and I'm joined again by Tegan Mulvaney. Hello. And Ellen Sears. Hello there. So, what did we think of Spaceballs? Uh, we'll probably start with you, Ellen, because uh, that was your first time watching the film. It was my first time. Um, I spent the last like five or ten minutes specifically going, oh wow, it's like the greatest hits of the Cinema Catch-Up Club thus well, because they've got so many references to <laughs> so many of the films that you've reviewed. And yeah, like, well, we ah, had yeah because we true. had a Planet of the Apes, we had Alien, yeah. we, we've had Star Wars, obviously, being yeah. the big one. Yeah, it did feel as though, it was like, Did, didn't we just review this? <laughs> um, but, I mean... Uh, obviously, it's you know it's a Mel Brooks parody, and it was very much uh, parodying the greatest science fiction hits of the previous twenty years. Um, mm. Tegan, rewatching it, y- you seem to be enjoying <laughs> it. I still love love it. It doesn't get old for me. I, I may have been trying to reaffirm this to everyone in the room, but I was like, no, this is still funny. It's still still <laughs> silly and still funny. And I think because the films it parodies are so classic, yeah, it doesn't date as no. much as I thought it would because no. it's it it's literally it's not ripping on the eighties or anything like that. It's ripping solely and like kind of dedicated to those films. It's mm. so if you love those films, you kind of love this because it's mm. so silly and the acting is so good in it. Mm. I love watching parodies where people are so. 100% dedicated to just making dicks of themselves and I think that's what they do in this film. I think yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I think arguably that, that that is part of what makes the parody feel really good. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, there was there was nobody who was there just kind of like you know, like half-hearted. Even yeah, uh, not even the extras. Yeah, even John Hurt for his cameo yes. is just so like he because obviously uh, with for those of you who've just watched it, he reenacts the famous chestburster scene from Alien. Yep. And it's pretty much like Exactly the same performance as he gave eight years previously, yeah. but just with a, oh, not again. Not again. <laughs> Hello, my baby. Hello, my honey. Yeah, yeah that was that was a that nice might have, touch. That might have been one of my favorite bits, actually. Yeah, <laughs> I I was I, I liked this film. I, I think that's my overall feeling is like because um, I've I've seen most of the Mel Brooks ones, uh, and I was really glad to see most of them making an appearance in the uh, yes. VHS um, in the VHS section. Um, <laughs> Yeah, that was yeah. good. <laughs> that right. was good. Yeah, although, yeah, and I didn't, when I saw that, I didn't think, oh, I'd rather be watching those films. I was actually enjoying the film I was watching right. at the time. So I think that mm. was that was probably a positive sign. One of the first things that I, I took a note of uh, from this film was the costumes mm. uh, was the, and, and the use of the special effects and makeup. Because along with that, 
uh, thing with the acting not being half-hearted. I, I think a lot of the work that they put into making this look like yes. a, a, yeah. a halfway decent science fiction film. I totally film. agree. I made a note of that as well. Like, it mm. seems like there's no expense spared on just even to make one single joke that mm. add, if it's something to do with costume or setting or whatever, they've mm. just spent the money to do it. It's really amazing. Yeah, and it's it's things that are, on the one hand look relatively simple, like um, all of John Candy's special effects yeah. with the tail and, and the, the ears. ears yeah. yeah. Mm. But obviously they're much more complicated than it looks, but it really added to that character as well of mm. having the ears going up and down whenever sad or excited yeah. or hearing something. And there's just things with the costumes, like... When he hits Bill Pullman in the head mm. with his tail, you just get the feeling that the costume was made and then that was found, like as they it were. It just kind of happened, and they were yes. like, "Oh, that's funny. Keep doing that. Let's keep doing it." That mm. there are just because that effort was put into the character and the costume and the design. There's obviously things that they've they've used it for to enhance it that they wouldn't have found until they put those costumes on yeah. and those had those designs put together. Mm. And Even I, Dark I, Helmet's head, like yeah. his helmet, is hilarious. Mm. It's just and he's I was waiting for him to get shut in a door and when he finally got shut in the door I was like yes <laughs> I've been waiting for this gag all movie I'm so happy now yeah and and they, that that was one of the enjoyable things about the film is there were some jokes that you were looking at and going oh yeah okay I reckon they'll say this and then they say it but they deliver it really well yes. and then they were delivered yeah. on a couple of jokes where you were thinking oh they won't make that joke and then they did and like the uh, metamorphizing the ship and going... <laughs> it's a transformer. Yeah, but they're, but they're making a Kafka reference Ready Kafka? as well. Yeah. Yeah. Ready Kafka? <laughs> I, or Comb the Desert mm. is still one of yeah. my favourites. I know. And it's silly, but it's so good. And, and a little fro comb. With a yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, they did a really good job of that. And I think also, uh, speaking of the, the actors, obviously this is a very good uh, comedy cast. Um, mm. uh, we've already mentioned him, but John Candy playing yeah. a really relatable character that sort of um half man half dog barf Mog. half man half dog i'm my own best friend <laughs> <laughs> uh, and yeah it was it was really it was just really nice seeing john candy doing his stuff because i mean he's been dead quite a while at this yeah. point yeah because that been was dead 20 odd years yeah because it was mid 90s when he yeah. passed away yeah yeah and bacon yeah and yeah he um yeah, it was not the cause of his death. No, was no, it the wasn't. Film that no. He was. <laughs> Although, he'd, Although yeah. he'd, he did look like he'd had a fair bit of Canadian bacon yeah. by the time he got Is to that this scene one. in Cool Runnings where he gets soaked, it gets like drenched in water and he's mm. walking down the road and I find it really confronting because he looks so unhealthy and mm. so, yeah. so sick because he's so big at that time. Yeah. yeah, he was really big in Cool Runnings. Yeah, yeah. I really like that film. But yeah, it was nice seeing him in this film where even though, you know, he's a larger uh, person, he's he's still running around doing the things. He's um, amazing a, in this film. There's yeah. a lot of people who are in this film who've passed away, like even just recently. Yeah, like, like John Hurt. Like John Hurt. Uh, I was like... Joan Rivers was about two, three years yeah. ago. Yeah, she wasn't that long ago. Yeah, you know, but thankfully... Mel Brooks still kicking around. Yeah, good on yeah. him. Although he is looking more like uh, Schwartz these days, I guess. Yeah, like yogurt. <laughs> yeah, sorry, yo- yogurt. yogurt. Yes, sorry. Um, but yeah, it was it was really great. I um, I was not initially enamoured with Rick Moranis at the beginning of this. Okay, like that first scene, I was kind of like, Meh, okay, but he really did grow on me as it went yeah. along. Like that, that sort of just silly getting everything wrong um, character it just kind of grew a bit more. Um, and I love him so much. He he really is very good in this. That first thing yeah. was a bit, uh, but then it, what, I think it was also an issue that the film's pacing isn't very good at the beginning. No. It, it takes a while to get going. And I think, yeah. I used to have, I've got the director's commentary DVD mm. um, with Mel Brooks talking in it 
And a lot of it's just Mel Brooks going off on tangents and not talking about the film, which of is course. really funny. Mm. But the one thing he's so proud of is that first scene, that yeah. two-minute-long scene of just the ship yeah. where they just... this Keep panning. It just keeps panning, just keeps panning. and keeps and going. Pan. And the director's commentary is just him giggling in self-satisfaction <laughs> at how much mm. of a bastard he is to the audience <laughs> in that scene. But I reckon yeah. that's probably part of it. Well, with that no, actually, bit. that really works. That's really funny. But and then it, coming it, into a scene after that yeah, would be the, hard. Yeah, and mm. I, I think that is potentially part of it. And the thing is, is watching this, I was also reminded a lot of a more recent Star Wars pastiche, which is the uh, Family Guy Blue Harvest, oh, yes. where they, they essentially went and did... Like essentially a recreation, but with Family Guy characters in the different roles. Um, And there were a couple of jokes which were similar. Um, Mm. But yeah, that that kind of initial like, this is a very big spaceship Mm. uh, thing. I did like that joke. I thought it was actually really good. And the way the music would just occasionally come back in. (laughs) 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 Although initially I thought they were going to make a Jaws joke there. Yeah, It it did sound a little bit like a, a variation on the Jaws theme. I think it's because it's it's a beautifully designed spaceship as well. So it's not just it's not like you see a loop of film. It's I think it's it looks like mm. it's actually just a really long spaceship. I feel like they just went to Industrial Light and Magic and just took all of like the leftover <laughs> stuff from Star Wars <laughs> and just stuck like twenty of the models together. Yeah, and the model work in this is actually very good. Yeah, yeah. that was that was the thing. That, um, again, it was that thing of oh, this is actually you know got some quality to it. It's yeah. not just mm. uh, merchandise jokes. Um, I love those. Jokes. But yeah, mm. it I. It was it was good, but yeah, I just felt that initial pacing was sort of it. It didn't really kick in until they did that bit where they turn to camera and say that that's the plot. Yeah, um, got there. Yeah. On that note, I love all the fourth wall breaking because there's a lot of it in this film. Mm. So like much. more so, I think than I've seen in most of his other stuff. Yeah, like there's a lot of fourth wall breaking, and it's all they're all really good. Yeah, and they're they're. they're Paced out far enough where you've sort of forgotten the previous one. Yeah. Like as like yeah. when the camera hits uh, Dark Helmet <laughs> when it gets too close, um, accidentally killing the sound guy and That's the right. uh, yeah. Schwartz saber. And how fight. they find them on the moons of Vega where they, they do the... Oh, yeah. Let's watch the movie and then they yeah. find yeah. themselves in the moment <laughs> yeah. where they're watching themselves in the moment of the movie. Yeah. Watching That's, themselves in the yeah, and I think That's that was weird. that was my favorite scene. So um, it's really clever. It's got a real like who's on first vibe yes, to yeah. the to the dialogue, yeah. Um, and yeah, and the way um, Colonel Sanders and Dark Helmet played off each other, I think, was really important because in these comedies, the villains are generally the characters that carry more of the the humorous weight, and yeah. like it's it's the, they need to be inept, but at the same time. Uh, giving good performances for, for you to watch and mm. relate. And I, I think I, Colonel Sanders is the forgotten hero in this film. He's yeah. so he's very good. funny. He has yeah. this, as a straight man, he's just mm. so hilarious. Yeah, he does an excellent job of, of straight manning. He he gets a couple of laughs here and there. You know, it's like, what are you, Colonel Sanders, chicken? <laughs> that <laughs> yeah. kind of thing. Um, yeah, but he, he does have to to ground the film a little bit in some level of reality for Rick Moranis's zaniness and for Mel Brooks's zaniness Mel as the Brooks-iness. president. Yeah, well, his Mel Brooksiness, yeah. 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 Where he's basically just uh playing kind of playing the a similar character to um uh from Blazing Saddles, yeah. uh, oh, H- yeah. Hedley Lamar. Yes, yes. Yeah, it's it's that kind of role. Um and yeah, it it's really great seeing um Colonel Sanders balancing that out mm. whilst also still being sort of an inept. Something something that struck character. me though with that because he yeah, he was very similar that's a very similar sort of character, but um, 
I feel like the sexual content in this is a lot lower than in most of his other films because mm. a lot of them are really they have a lot more overtly sexual jokes and references mm. whereas this one I found a, yeah yeah a lot I, maybe less. it's because they didn't have Madeleine Khan in it I think that maybe maybe, <laughs> maybe, maybe. That's a lot of it. they all wanted to bang <laughs> yeah. yeah well um but yeah they, it was they, like they, they had a few things they had like oh you know like the like the virgin um, the virgin alarm, alarm. The virgin which is a alarm. classic Mel Brooks joke. Yeah. There's, yeah. there's a virgin joke in most of them. I remember in History of the World Part One um, when they're in Rome and they go to the Temple of the Virgins and it's like, quick, the men are coming in, virgins, ready your signs, and they all put no entry signs over their private parts. <laughs> Wonderful. Um, yeah, it was it was just really good fun, and I thought Joan Rivers was quite well used. Yeah, I um, think so too. Yeah. In, in that role, and it, it's that again, it's that thing of. How do you make something like the droids from Star Wars funny? Funny, um, yeah. and I think they did a reasonably good job. I, I really I love like. The, I love the design on her. As yeah, well. yeah, very. She ob- was gorgeous. Yeah, the very obviously Metropolis. metropolis. Yeah. yeah, yes, very. But with roller skates, which yeah, was just was a really great. nice but touch. But only sometimes, and mm. the rest of the time she walked. Yeah, when it was practical, <laughs> basically. Yeah, um, we're going to get you to move fast, so we're going to put you on roller skates. Let's go. Boom. Yeah, and it was it was lovely. I mean, um, you know, our our two main characters, uh, the princess and uh, Lone Star. Um, you, you know, there, there's not much to them, but they're very much in that kind of cookie cutter uh, like Han Solo, Princess Leia roles. Mm. But they do a really good they job. They do such a good job. They do a really yeah, good you know, job. Um, Daphne Zuniga, mm. who went on from this to Melrose Place, I believe that she was a, one of the main players on mm. Melrose Place. Oh yeah, she is so good as a leading lady in this like, yeah how hard would it be to to be that chick in that role you mm. know surrounded by all those people and still be like strong and tough mm. and funny she's really I, I think she's really funny in this and yeah. actually has a really good character arc yeah, from whiny spoiled little brat yeah. through to you know yeah having, having the princess being someone that was very much you know like uh demanding like room service and that everyone bring the the Giant luggage and things dryer. like that it's, yeah. it's not something you often see when you have these princesses like princess leia wasn't unreasonable she was essentially like a, a yeah. she was a diplomat she was essentially you know had to be somewhat well behaved yeah. um the princess was more of just like a a, a title really yeah. um you don't often see them being these spoiled characters but she was and it really really worked it did yeah because mm. especially with lone star's character and again getting an actor like bill pullman to do mm. that who just has these little asides that are really funny yeah mm. and then builds a good rela- and then you put him next to john candy and they mm. had the relationship that they have yeah it's really yeah. i i watched that film going they had so much fun making this film you yeah can absolutely see they had fun making the chemistry this. between the two the two boys was really like yeah yeah and again it was it was about having another good straight man in there yeah. um a really really strong straight man work from from bill pullman yes to to let john candy sort of flower around him um yeah so just just in general um Alan obviously you've seen quite a few of the Mel Brooks films yeah I think I've seen most of them now. yeah where where does Spaceballs sort of sit for you I guess in like the the Pantheon if you if you had to like place it probably sort of towards the middle I feel like if this is something that I'd seen in my more formative years like you've you've grown up watching totally. it Tegan yeah um like I grew up watching Men in Tights Mm. so like for me like that is sort of towards the upper echelons for me i feel this is like sort of towards middle ish but i feel like if i'd seen it as a kid i probably would have really latched onto it a lot more Mm. i just never came across it 
Yeah. Although there was quite a few things in there that I went, oh, that's what that's from. Like there was, I actually knew quite a few of the references and things. I thought, I can't breathe in here. And then the one that really got me was um, after the short saber fight, it was the... Um, um, I am your... No, 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 no. Good, good, good will always fail because good, good is, is dumb. dumb. <laughs> and I went, yes, that's what this is from. Now I know. Ha ha. Like I had a lot of ha 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 moments. So, mm. Yeah. Yeah, I'm just trying to think because for myself, with um, yeah, in terms of the Mel Brooks I've seen, um, to be honest, this is probably oh, it's it's duking it out with Robin Hood Men in Tights as my like towards the bottom end because mm. I'm not a big fan of Robin Hood Men in Tights. Um, Blasphemy. Yeah, I, I know, I know, but blasphemy. Look, it's. <laughs> It's funny and it's good. And same, this is funny and, and quite good. But I think there was something really special about Blazing Saddles, young History of the World and Young Frankenstein. Yeah. They're, 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 they're the three that really, really stand out for me. I always say, I say, I was saying it before, like about the Muppets films as mm. well, where there's films that are my favourites, but I'm quite comfortable knowing that they're not the best films. Yeah. And this yeah. is where this is for me when you think of Mel, Mel Brooks films. Mm. Like... Objecti- if it was to, objectively, if it were, if it was to yeah. be with like quality and um, cleverness, probably Young Frankenstein would be up there for me. But this mm. film, mm. for pure fun mm. and silliness, this is still my favourite. It not it yeah. it knocks the stupidness knocks off the cleverness. Yeah, for me. and 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 I mean the the fact is is that it's, I mean it is still funny. That's the thing. Oh, like yeah, like I, I could definitely see like this coming out thirty years ago when there weren't as many parodies particularly yeah. in film mm. of of the things like uh star wars or other science fiction yeah. uh, mm. properties then yeah i could i could see it being certainly very popular and it and it does still stand up some jokes yeah. still work um, i don't think it was very successful why but i don't think it was yeah very, and and looking at the um the scores on things like imdb and stuff like the rotten tomatoes i think is only about like 54 yeah, percent. it's wow. not very highly ranked and that i don't understand because that i don't I feel like people are trying to put too much um, kind of intellectualism onto a film like this. Yeah, when they... which you're not necessarily supposed to. Yeah, it's and again, it's tricky. I think, you know, I mean, maybe some people have more of an issue with the pacing than I did, for example. Um, mm. And, you know, the, the thing is, is I'm, I, I quite like Mel Brooks. He comes with a lot of, like, previous good work where it's kind of like, okay, well, if some stuff doesn't hit, you know, it's fine. He can have an off film, that sort of yeah. thing. Whereas maybe if this was somebody's first exposure to this Mel Brooks type of film, it's, I, yeah, I, I think maybe it slightly suffers as well if somebody has come it from the perspective of other comedies at the time with things like Airplane, yeah, things that the Zucker brothers yeah. do, where like there's, they, there's, yeah, yeah, there's they a do few the, moments where I was yeah. like, this is reading very yeah, yeah, and it's and it's interesting because I've never really considered those two things running side by side. Yeah. But but obviously they were both working around the same time and the rapid fire nature of things like the naked gun yeah. and airplane mm. is what really works in those films. It's like unrelenting. You don't have a chance to, to get bored because there's another joke being thrown at you. And I feel that maybe, yeah, Mel Brooks doesn't quite do that, but Mel Brooks does other things really, really well. He does yeah. great characters. He does. I think yes. he is adapt. I mean, he's, you know, making these films since the, what 60s was the producers yeah late late 60s yeah yeah Yeah. so and and that's a very late 60s film Mm. it's a very late 60s comedy i feel like all of his films evolve and adapt and like 
Robin Hood Men in Tights is a completely different feel and design. Oh, yeah. And it's not just because it's a different genre. It's because he's it's adapted different... to the 90s and what the yeah. 90s comedies wanted. I feel like this sits quite nicely in that late 80s mm. sort of area. Um, you know, even with the, the people that are in it are a little bit SNL sort of style. There's yeah. a lot of... Yes. A lot of that sort of, and the silly comedy, like Mr. Radar and Mr. Coffee and yeah. those sort of sight gags. And, and then giving Michael Winslow two minutes. Yeah. Just, which was just, great. It was hilarious. Mm. It was really funny. And even the, I love all the bad cutaway. Did you notice how many prop, like faults there are with some of the extras where the extras are like doing the wrong thing or mm. his helmet's fallen off? There's a really great one where Michael Winslow's still laughing mm. I mean just cut away really quickly but you still get the end of him giggling into, yeah. his, <laughs> into his thing almost like he can't believe he's in a, a Mel Brooks film mm. I love all that little stuff as yeah. well and, and you're right I mean the extras did some really great support work uh, and just everyone committed to making those jokes as good as possible absolutely capturing the stuntman yeah. um, that was delightful that was the other thing and the asshole major asshole yeah and the fact that this film had so many great uses of misdirection as well yes. not just breaking the fourth wall yeah. but misdirections like capturing the stuntman because you're looking yes. at it going why is there a man in a wedding dress all of a sudden and then you know you idiots you captured this stuntman double. and it's yeah there was there, it was it was a really effective use of mm. just like making a joke Almost as though Mel Brooks is next to you in the audience, like yep. elbowing you in the ribs and going, see, that's funny. Yeah. 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 Unapologetic. It's mm. just, it's, I love that. Yeah. Um, I thought all the, the, the merchandising jokes were interesting. I like the fact that that kept coming, coming up. Um, I thought that was kind of an interesting comment on obviously uh, Star, Star Wars, Wars famously yeah. making all of its mm. revenue off the merchandise. You know, it's really interesting because I think the late 80s was also when a lot of stuff like merchandising for things like this really started taking off because just to jump into my own kind of field of interest here, um, the late 80s was when a lot of your really big mega musicals started coming out like Cats and um, that and Phantom and all those sorts of things and one of the things that they were really famous for was that, you know, you could go to any of these shows and you could get like a hat and a t-shirt and a this and a that all with the logo on them. So I feel like that's another thing that's really specific to this era, this kind of late eighties thing where merchandising became this huge, just exploded Mm. for different properties, like across genres. It might be the one thing in the film I wish wasn't, so like when they go to Yogurt's little mm. house and they do the whole merchandising, that's what we do here. Yeah. I almost wish that that wasn't in the, but you you still had the merchandise everywhere. Like you yeah. still got Spaceballs, the sheet. Mm. Yeah. And Scrooge's room and <laughs> yeah. Spaceballs. The toilet paper. So it was more of a subconscious sort of yeah. effect on there. It didn't, it doesn't bother me because I always yeah. wanted the lunchbox when I was six years old. Mm. I always thought there, were, there was one in existence that oh. I could get and I really wanted one. They were, they well, had props. Well, well, What? Fun fact from the IMDb trivia troll. What? Uh, in an interview a couple of years ago, Mel's Brooks stated that he personally obtained George Lucas's full permission to parody anything Star Wars. Oh. That's why they had things like not lightsabers and they were able to say things like use the force, no the Schwartz, that kind of thing. Awesome. Um, but it was on the condition that there would be absolutely no merchandise. Uh. Fair of Spaceballs products. Uh, this is the reason why all yogurt and the dinks do uh, the merchandising, but no, the reason that none of that was ever publicly available. Right. George Lucas said, yeah, you can do the jokes, just don't you dare make money off it. Fair <laughs> enough. Damn it. Yeah. Damn so, you, George Lucas. Someone will make a knockoff. There's got to be an Etsy store that sells it. Yeah. Oh, I'm sure I've got to somebody, find it. Yeah, we can must. look up the, uh, yeah, the, the lucrative Spaceballs replica <laughs> merchandise trade. I want that sheet. 
Mm. Giant <laughs> it's got a big pizza. It's got all the incidental characters. Yeah. It doesn't have any of the proper characters. It's got President Scrooge in the middle, and then it's got Pizza the Hut up on mm. one side. So cool. Yeah. I, that so I really like Dom DeLuise as well. So funny. He, he's never bad. He's all. He, no. It's just he's in one scene, and it's wonderful. And that costume oh. was so disgusting yeah. and amazing. And having, As a kid, I would have been like, Wah. yeah. And having like, Vinny the robot out. just like eating yes. bits of him. It was so great. great. It was really really fun. I just want to say because I. My copy of Spaceballs that I had for probably 15 years was recorded off GWN yeah. <laughs> really late at night Yes, um, with all the ad breaks in it. And I was annoying everyone by telling them when the ad breaks came in. Yeah, on the thing. Um, <laughs> and then I kept getting flashbacks because the ad break was for a really scary um, William Hurt movie, which is where he like, <laughs> turns into a machine. Mm. He gets like possessed. I, I don't even know what it was. It was like Maybe it was like Jacob's Ladder or you know, one of those really... Mm. creepy ones from back then so i kept getting flashbacks to how terrified i was by the ads mm. during it but that was the first time i've watched it in hd so oh yeah so i was like really excited by all the little bits and pieces that i hadn't seen like Spaceballs the sheet where i was like Look yeah at all the characters on there yeah, yeah. The, the the little bits of detail were very much appreciated because i'm used to, i was used to my fuzzy tape that i used to have to get a pen in to, to fix every oh. time it, all the tape came out the back and mm. It had Do Not Tape Over Ever written on it. <laughs> very important. Very oh, important label yeah. in the VHS yeah. days. Uh, so I've got a couple of other bits from the IMDb trivia trawl mm-hmm. uh, for everyone's uh, delectation. Uh, the scene in which Dark Helmet is playing with the dolls was not scripted. I didn't think so. Um, Beautiful. Mel Brooks came up with the idea on set one day. And I was like, let's just film this. And yeah, see what you do. Rick Moranis just improvised the entire thing, including <laughs> all the dialogue. Your helmet is so big. Yeah. And then and then obviously when Colonel Sanders going, no, sir, I didn't see you playing with your dog. It's good. Just all made up. That's so good. So, That's such a yeah. great thing. Um, yeah. Is, is this your favorite Rick Moranis film? Is this... Because uh, you're a big fan of Mr. Moranis. He... Just it occurred to me one day that he actually pops up in a lot of my favorite films. Mm. Um, I don't think it's my favorite. I think my favorite Rick Moranis film. I love Little Shop of Horrors. Mm. Just I love that. So that's probably number one. But I also love Parenthood, mm. the um, Ron Howard, oh, Steve Martin yeah. film. Yeah. Yes, I really love that film, and that's up there as well. And Ghostbusters. Well, obviously. Mm. Oh, it's prop. Yeah, it's probably behind those. Okay, so but still very it's good. Still really, yeah, yeah, yeah. And he does a great job of completely undermining the main villain with absolutely just some wonderful comic. Those acting. moments when he's and panicking, he's... when he gets yeah. left out of the plans, mm. and he's just in the background panicking and trying to keep up. There's background acting a go go by him. He's just and he's so, so little, which is just so funny yes. compared to mm. um, the guy who they got in this suit for. Darth Vader, obviously, yes. who was so gigantic. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that is so good. And it also worked with then making the costume, like making the helmet, just so. I think uh, he might be compensating and his for boxer something. shorts. The boxer shorts mm. get me. There's like all the leggings and like so you can kind of because he still looks quite svelte in all the leggings, but then yeah. they put these like pantaloon boxer shorts over the top, and that mm. that just kills me. Mm. He's never going to do another film. I know. When did he stop making films? Uh, it was a while ago now. Yeah, it's it's been a few it's been a few years at this point. But mm. I mean, look, he's got a great uh, collection for you, for you to love and cherish he forever does. and ever. So you know, it's it, it, he did some work and it was good. I think that's that's yep. really great. I did have a question about the escape pod sequence. Mm. For me, it didn't quite work 
in terms of like being funny it, it in terms of like just suddenly having the spaceship filled with non-spaceship relevant characters it it looked great and but no, they mentioned them earlier they mentioned them they mentioned them in ludicrous speed where they talk yeah. about when they're what going about to lo- lock down the zoo yes, lock sorry. down yes. the yeah yes yeah. you're right okay so yes okay i didn't make that secure connection. all the animals in the zoo that's yes the, yeah. that's yeah. right okay i didn't yeah. make that connection that said I'm still not sure about the bear. <laughs> it's funny seeing a guy in a bear costume running around and then having Mel Brooks sit on him and try and connect the claws yeah. like a seatbelt. But at the same time, it did feel like he was recycling the joke from the end of Blazing Saddles. From, yes. And that joke was so well executed yeah. uh, as, as com- compared to this one. For me, that... But he probably be... was. That's yeah. the thing. He's probably like, ah, oh, let's just get a bear in there again because they're mm. funny. He probably was. Yeah. Because he... Imagine being someone like Mel Brooks where you're like, mm. no one's going to question you if you mm. want to do that. Everyone's going to go, sure. This is funny. Yes, it is. We will agree with yeah. you. Yes, put the bear in. Yeah. And of course, uh, another signature Mel Brooks uh, moment, the fact that one of the stuntmen had what looked an awful lot like a Hitler mustache. Yeah. <laughs> always. Yeah, yes. you've, you've always got to throw in references to the third one. And right. it was the woman as well. It yeah. was Princess Vespa's stunt, stunt double. Of course. Yep. Yeah. So obviously that had to be there. Um, yeah, so let's try score the film. Mm. Uh, well, let's start with you, Ellen, because you are, uh, are, are a person in the not seen the film chair. Mm-hmm. What would you give this film out of 10? Out of 10? Yeah. Uh, see, in my head, I was preparing for an out of five, and now you've just thrown a curveball at me. Um, just, just double it. <laughs> yeah, I'd probably give it about a five or a six. Five or a six? Out of ten, yeah. okay. Now that's fair. Uh, Tegan, obviously with yep. the with the uh, nostalgia <laughs> goggles on. This is so great. Um, I'd give it eight space soups out of ten. Mm. I think still. Yeah. Yeah, I. Oh, yeah, it's hard because the, the more I think about it, the more I do like it. I think it's. Yeah. It's, yeah, I think I, I'd certainly rewatch it again. Um, I'd love to watch it. And play a drinking game with it because I think that would also I mean, you could be do that. delightful. What would be the main rules of the drinking game? Um, drink every time Lord Helmut talks like this. Mm-hmm. Uh, drink every time Daphne Zuniga gets another slash to her wedding <laughs> to dress. her wedding dress. <laughs> yeah. I think I think you'd almost have to do like a, every time you see like a blatant reference to another film, but yeah. then also like drink double if it's every time there's like a blatant reference to mm. a, to another. Mel Brooks film that'd, yeah. Yes that'd be great Every time Mel Brooks References Jewish culture Take a drink <laughs> Every time they Just look At the camera mm. he'd be Every drunk. time they break Every yeah. time they break The fourth Every time wall. there's a sight gag Because I yeah. stopped counting At 2012 yeah. I think 20, No but about 18 And we were about 45 <laughs> minutes into the film And I got bored yeah. of counting So <laughs> It would work as a, as a drinking film um, But for me I, I think I'd have to Give it an overall score I'm, I'm going to give it Six and a half John Hurt cameos out of ten. <laughs> um, I yeah, it's it was it was good. It's not quite up there with some of the others, but you know it it doesn't have to be. It's its own thing, and um, it was really lovely to watch it. Uh, as of course it turns thirty. So thank you very much, uh, Ellen and Tegan, for joining me on this episode. No problem. Happy birthday, Spaceball! <laughs> and uh, for those of you listening at home, just a reminder that you can listen to us uh, via iTunes or via SoundCloud, uh, either of those services uh, or both. You can also leave your suggestions uh, for films that we should review on our Facebook page. Just search for the Cinema Catch-Up Club podcast there. But that's all. So until next time, 
Bye-bye. Goodbye. Bye-bye. Bye. I just, I forgot to mention earlier that um, I, you know, when you have to give like, like, you know, really interesting references about yourself on, um, on your Tinder, you know, if you ever online dated, I online dated a lot. Mm. Um, I always quoted, um, first I would quote Life of Brian. I'd, I'd quote... Um, oh, a good choice. Um, mm. uh, we're all individuals. I'm not. I'd mm. put that on there. <laughs> that would be a swipe right in, yes. in this case. So. <laughs> Hello, gentlemen. Um, and then the second one I always put was the what's the matter, Colonel Sanders chicken on there. Mm. And... It would it would be a really good way of um, if people knew what it was, mm. then they because you know guys on those plate things they kind of whether they like you or not, a lot of them will just contact you anyway. Yeah, because yeah. um, girls are really picky on those sites and guys aren't. Mm. Um, but so that would be my way of filtering through is if they understood the reference, if they, they understand would get, the space a, space they would get a response, and then if they didn't, I'd be like, how dare you? <laughs> <laughs> I'm not talking about KFC. <laughs> Go eat a bucket. Like, and, then, <laughs> and they'd be like, it's a trap. Yeah. And I'd be like, nope, next. I'd just swipe. I wonder what other Mel Brooks films you could use in online dating things. Could, maybe the Ten Commandments. See, which, which the you, Fifteen Commandments. Yeah, because, I mean, uh, you know, unfortunately, um, I probably couldn't use this one, but from Blazing Saddles, hey, where are all the white women at? That would be- <laughs> oh, no. Yeah. <laughs> uh, um, but in your Stephen Platt accent, maybe? Yes, sorry, sorry. <clears throat> hey, where are all the white women at? <laughs> <laughs> so articulate. That's, that's so terrible. Uh, oh, oh, dear. I can't think of any... I only thought of Airplane, which isn't Mel Brooks, but... It's, that's fine. Excuse me. Um, excuse me, I speak jive. <laughs> <That's>, <laughs> I'd use that one. Uh, <laughs> Could be fun. Or just... Get them to sing to you the entire first part of putting on the Ritz. With oh yeah, and if yeah. they don't yeah. go, <laughs> then they're out. Yeah. No second date, damn it. <laughs> Maybe they don't get to fourth base mm. unless they say call the royal locksmith. Before <laughs> call they do the it. locksmith. Yeah. yeah. Or if they're trying to get to you know their first kiss and as they lean in, you go, not the hair. <laughs> <laughs> I just had it done. <laughs> Not the face. Not the face. Yeah. Not the, yeah. See, it works. It yeah. works. No, it's a works. good way of filtering through the, the guys with their holding their crocodiles and, you know, and mm. their fishing photos and skydiving. They're all the big dating. Really? Yeah. Skydiving? Skydiving um, <laughs> at the snow, holding a crocodile or a snake, patting mm. a tiger, one of the caged drug tigers in Thailand. In, in Thailand or Bali, Bali or whatever. Yep. Yeah. Um, yeah, and fish, Shirt- fishing's a big one. And the, and the shirtless guys, you go, oh, these girls who are half-naked in their profile pictures. And yeah. it's like, pot, kettle, Oh, they're black. all there with beers. Like, it's like mm. a group of guys, so you don't know which, which one, one it is. <laughs> and they've all got like a crownie in their hands. Oh, look, we reckon between the six of us, we're a pretty decent <laughs> yeah, we're bloke. Right. Yeah, one of, I'm the one. I'm the one holding I the beer. <laughs> I'm the one holding the beer. That's me. You're all holding beers. <laughs> Why? Oh. Mine's low carb. <laughs> oh god swipe left oh, yeah dear. so that's um that was my nice little tidbit from this film as well 
So guys, you know, if I ever am single again, look for my look for my profile pic. Excellent. I might just put a picture up of my stunt double mm. and then with that that catchphrase underneath it. I think the one that would work for me actually now I think about it is uh History of the World Part 1 from the Roman section. Uh either you look like the piss boy or plumbing, plumbing. <laughs> pipe the <laughs> right out of your house. <laughs> <laughs>